Francis Hart and Dominic Steele and the vulnerability of kids and youth ministry during this COVID-19 season and what is happening with kids and youth as we look towards the restart. Ed Springer is with me from Sydney's Anglican Youth Works and Dave Hopper on the line from Brisbane from the youth network of the Queensland Presbyterian Church. Now, before we come to Ed and to Dave, the pastor's heart and we're aiming to serve and strengthen each other as we attempt to minister Christ together to save the lost and build up the saints and look if you could help us by getting the word out about the pastor's heart by referring us to a friend by sharing us on Facebook or social media that'd be great and look we do want to ask you to help us out financially as well uh, we want to grow uh, we have a vision to grow to serve more and more Christian leaders but first we need to cover our costs and we're actually not properly funding the little team here that put this together so if you were able to help us out by going to www.patreon.com slash the pastor's heart and becoming, I don't know, a five, ten dollar a month supporter, then that would be excellent. Now, Ed, thanks for joining us. And Dave, thanks for joining us. Uh, now, we're primarily talking to senior pastors, but as senior pastors, we're super concerned about how the youth and kids ministry is going and how the youth and kids pastors and leaders are going. Uh, and Dave, can we start with you and the pastor's heart or the youth and kids pastor's hearts? And what's going on in your heart, their heart in Queensland at the moment? Uh, yeah, look, um, I feel like in our network, uh, youth pastors and children's workers have really um, embraced the changes there. I guess um, as a in, in this area of ministry, there's always change going on. And so as this uh, forced change has happened, uh, a lot of our guys have uh, taken this by the horns and tried to use it to their advantage. And so in a lot of ways, I've been super impressed with um, how our... Uh, ministry staff across the state has worked and they're doing a good job trying to think this through. There's obviously um, difficulties there, but all in all, um, they're, they're doing a good job of it. Mm. Ed, your heart and the pastor's heart. Uh, I mean, I went through that anxiety of feeling out of control, but in the last month or two, just being really convicted by the thankfulness that we get to have when we know a sovereign God, he's at work, he's working in young people, he's working in new ways, he's working through youth and children's ministers everywhere and like there's just a calmness that has overwhelmed me as I've served the church and just seeing God work and so thankful for that. Mm. There is a sense though that the kids and youth ministries are more vulnerable by the disconnect from the leaders. Do you want to just unpack that for me? Um, well, yeah, definitely at the moment, you, young people, um, when they're separated from their peers and separated from their leaders, uh, uh, are, are missing out on some of the discipleship that has happened in the past. And as we've left a lot of our ministries to youth and children's leaders, um, there's a vulnerability of seeing them get through this and grow through this at the moment. Mm. What's your take on how the ministries in Queensland uh, are going in, in this vulnerable space, uh, Dave? Yeah, I think that is uh, similar to what Ed has just said, um, that uh, the disconnect of peers. Look, um, there's no doubt that through this period of time that face-to-face -face has uh, interaction has been highlighted how incredible it is. And so uh, some of our youth groups is coming back together and they're arriving back uh, glad to see each other but that uh, in children's ministry and in youth there has youth ministers have, and 
children's pastors have had to think more through what is going on at home with parents really to to make sure that kids are getting looked after because it's just not that connection you can have um, because of the disconnect of face-to-face and being able to contact people in that way. Mm. Well, let's talk about that. And and we've, we had on uh, the Pastor's Heart a week or so ago, Brian Toolman, he was talking about the disequilibrium um, and the disruptive change. What what's What's the disruption been to the kids and youth ministry and, and how are people starting to think about how they're going to have to adapt going forward? Let's start with you, Ed. Uh, I mean, the major disruption has been to be able to gather around God's Word with His, with his people, um, whether it be Sundays or Fridays or Bible studies. Uh, I think the churches that, were, that pivoted quickly in um, equipping young people to uh, read the Bible for themselves, read it with their families or read it with their friends... Um, through changing habits and then changing systems um, have been able to address that vulnerability quickly uh, and bring youth together around and bring young people together around his word. There's been a temptation, Dave, to go for reactive change rather than adaptive change. How have you seen that play out in different ministries that you're networking with? Yeah, so our youth and children's workers have really done a pretty good job of talking to each other. So when this first happened, uh, because we've got a fairly strong network, uh, numbers of these guys were picking up the phone and talking to each other about where they're heading and what they were doing uh, together. And so uh, it wasn't as though they were on their own trying to think it through. Uh, Now, that doesn't mean that all churches went in the same direction, but uh, the whole um, changing to making sure that... uh, how we do youth ministry is as effective as it can be in this time uh, certainly happened. And in those conversations, uh, there was definitely seen an opportunity of um, something that could actually create an environment that we could change cultures within our church in youth ministry. Mm, I'm, I'm seeing a nod from you there, Ed, um, on looking to change culture. Yep. Um, what's your kind of synthesis of of what culture change might be both desired and possible. A lot what Brian said last week, the, the idea of how do we decentralise um, ministry to grow the whole and so energising parents and especially not just giving them resource after resource but helping them change their habits. So we've been, the churches that have been really growing through this have been treating it like the fitness programs where you try and help change a habit over five, six, seven weeks, three months and that's going to outlast COVID. Um, same with churches who are just re-engaging their leaders and giving more priority to them in doing the relational discipleship. Where, where that becomes the new habit, the overall system can grow. Your observation there, Dave? Uh, yep, I think it's similar to what Ed just said. Uh, look, as it depends on the church. We have smaller ministries that have obviously struggled through this period of time more than... Um, uh, more uh, a larger church with uh, more resources to think things through, but all in all, they're um, yep they they they're helping each other to do it. So um, it it actually has been. There's a whole bunch of stuff that's happening that is going to be really interesting to see at the other end how that has changed the face of um, youth and children's ministry. So if I'm hearing you right, I think I'm hearing you saying. We take away the kids and youth ministry, as happened at the beginning of COVID, 
it exposes the problem that parents aren't reading the Bible with their kids. Yep. Um, and, and so we want to see parents reading the Bible with their kids, their kids and their youth, and it's provoked in some churches a significant discussion about adaptive change. Yep. Now, obviously don't name the churches, or well, you can name the ones that are doing well if you like, but, but talk to me about how some, your insight is that some have done it well, some have done it not so well. Or, and what could we do if you've got a senior minister listening thinking, oh, this is my problem too? Yeah, I think um, the churches that have been able to adapt quickly are those that have pivoted time and energy towards it, um, whether they've got a lot of energy or just um, a little bit, and trying to um, include it more than just uh, a list of resources, but come and come and join this over week after week after week. Come and join, what do you mean? So it could be they, um, they commit to a, a five-day-a-week program that parents get on board and have a go and then encourage one another. Um, it could be just committing to using a set of prayer cards to read with their little kids, teaching them to pray biblically-shaped prayers. Because um, one of the findings we got in the first two months was that kids didn't know how to pray. Mm -hmm. um, they were praying for their grandparents and COVID, but they didn't know how to pray about the Lord and to the Lord. Um, and just trying to create communities that did things together rather than just resources that came through the communication system. One of the lovely ideas I got last week was talking to Sandy Galea out at MBM Rudy Hill, and she said they'd started up at the beginning of COVID a parents of MBM group mm. and where some of the... I mean, and, and it's only for parents in their church and... In that group, some of the parents were talking about, this is what we're doing in family devotions. Mm. And that role modelling in that Facebook group had been super helpful in pushing to adaptive change. Yeah. yeah. What about you, Dave? What are some of the, where are some of the wins that you've seen in adaptive change in the kids and youth space the last little while? Okay, so I think that uh, uh, we've come from a couple of different directions. Uh, one of the ministries I'm thinking about here has really gone down the path of taking in the area of youth and taking someone in youth and not having so much a consumer attitude but that they need to own their faith and so uh, they have put material together to try and help uh, from a youth uh, youth leaders perspective but also from a parent's perspective that they're there trying to help that teenager own their faith uh, instead of just showing up for youth group getting what you you get and then uh, heading home again, that throughout the week um, they've put uh, a little package together for those teenagers to um, actually be grappling with their faith and having both the youth pastor, uh, youth leaders, and um, parents working together with them in that. Um, I don't. Uh, we've also got churches. Obviously, we give lip service that uh, we we partner with parents, uh, and in reality, that's what we want to do. And there's numbers of churches that have been thinking that through, but COVID has really put a position in um, that that can actually happen in a way that's never happened before because we can't interact, the parents are there with them. And so there's another church I'm thinking about who uh, have actually uh, put the packages together, not so much that everything is written down, but uh, that they're doing this thing of the five R's, which is reflect react, relate, respond, review. And the point of that is not to take interaction away or, or uh, spontane being spontaneous with um, 
parents talking to their their um, kids but allowing them to give some structure to that. So I think it's true, Dominic, we make an assumption in the Christian community that everybody reads the Bible and prays with their kids and we actually do a disservice to our our parents that we're not actually allowing them to see how it can happen or giving them some sort of direction and how it can happen. And um, when they have that, often parents are completely shocked with the conversations they have with their kids that they haven't been having before. And so uh, that, that's probably the two directions, Real, really high emphasis on uh, parents actually discipling their kids. And then by the time they arrive at youth group or at a Zoom meeting, they've already talked the passage through with their parents and it's more of a discussion about what parents have talked to. And then uh, the, the whole deal of actually taking consumerism away from youth group thinking, I've come, I get, I leave, and taking ownership of their faith and using uh, parents and youth leaders to actually own their faith more. Mm. Now, Ed, um, you were telling me before that you felt that the, the kids' ministry particularly is going to be a little bit more inelastic in the restart. Why do you think that's the case? Um, well, I think we, we will have good support from Christian parents uh, and uh, there will be uh, opportunities um, to just build on the trust and the goodwill that we have from those groups. Um, Whereas with the youth, I think uh, there will be um, bounces back, but it, it'll be much harder to re-engage um, youth who have been passively consuming, uh, but maybe not as engaged as we can do when we were face-to-face, and then having to re-engage them around the gospel and in community will be very challenging. And having made friends on electronic gaming and all those kind of things, uh, you said a moment ago, I think, Dave, that... The Queensland groups youth groups started again last week. This week is that right? Did I, did I hear you right? Uh, 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 there are we have a very there's small groups that meet discipleship groups. So we were allowed um, if you had a small group, some groups could actually meet together in someone's home, um, and um, they can. Uh, Look, there is a concern here that there's been a disconnect by a number of kids who may not be interacting with Zoom like, they're, uh, like they should have. But I'm pretty optimistic. I understand what Ed's saying there, but I'm pretty optimistic that uh, kids can't wait to run into each other. And so anywhere that there's been this opportunity to have a, a, a smaller group meet with their leader in someone's home, and we're talking about you know three or four kids in a small group, um, they've been there with bells on. And so there is, there, that gives me great hope that um, kids are look, uh, teenagers are looking forward to uh, re-engaging at that point. I think with kids, uh, the re-engagement at one level is much more to do with the parents and their support of that ministry that you're going to th- this ministry. Whereas yeah, there is uh, no doubt in youth that uh, people with a drop-off in numbers, there's a concern, will they re-engage? But, Look, um, uh, like I said before, I don't think, I don't think um, we we could have had a better way of recognising how wonderful it was to run in face to face with each other, to have conversations and be with each other. And I think teenagers have seen that more than ever. Um, it's, uh, that I think they'll be back. And it's, it does seem that, I mean, you could have gone two ways. You could have had your youth leaders produce a TV show, or you could have had your youth leaders engage on the Zoom during this season. Which have you recommended, Ed? 
and why? Um, we, 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 we've been recommending try and do as much relational discipleship as you can. Mm -hmm. um, so for some people that's been the Zoom, for others it's been just picking up the phone and using whatever um, streamed resource they're doing, whether it's their own or their neighbours' churches, but just prioritising leaders, picking up the phone, praying with young people and or using the Zoom or using other, other means of bringing them together. But we want to encourage people to just do relational discipleship um, with people in whatever form you can. Mm -hmm. And uh, now, in our kind of part of the world, and I know we've, we have got a lot of people watching us and listening to us in America and England and um, other parts around the world, Africa, but in Australia, um, the possibility of meetings of 50 has just begun, mm -hmm. or in New South Wales, 50 has just begun this week. And so a lot of smaller youth groups will be able to meet for the first time this Friday night. Um, uh, what are you expecting to happen over the next two, three weeks in that youth space? I mean, yeah, we, we're expecting those who are keen to resume will resume. Mm -hmm. um, challenging social distance restrictions. Um, that's going to be hard to work out, but we'll work it out over the next few weeks. And then really trying to reinstate this idea that um, we're into relationships around God's word and helping leaders and young people resume those sort of things. Um, some churches won't go back till term three because um, whether there's energy or just trying to manage the complexity, it'll be hard. I mean, I guess there's a number of issues. There's, I mean, and you perhaps got advice for what's the senior minister do to say to the yeah. say to the kids about safety and procedures and that kind of thing. What's your advice there? Yeah, I mean, we're encouraging people to to do it as a whole church team. Um, and so, the 50 restrictions may be that youth ministry is the right place to bring it back, but doing it together, following the guidelines, but also celebrating the guidelines. That mm -hmm. um, it's not about finding the loopholes at the moment. No. It's about helping people to say the guidelines help us to love one another and, and to do that well, but then to use imagination on how to do ministry, not just rebounding back to what we used to do, but there may be new opportunities to do, um, yeah, good relational ministry uh, in the new season. How might we make the mistake, Dave, of just rebounding to doing exactly what we were doing before rather than thinking creatively about what to do different going forward? Oh, look, nobody likes change and we always default back usually to what we've always been doing. But uh, like I, I think um, if we keep uh, relationship um, at the forefront, that what we, we need to re-engage with our young people um, in, because we haven't been able to have interaction like we have uh, for a while um, and actually to get alongside of them to see where they're at and... Um, point them to Jesus in those relationships and apply God's word there. I think that if those things stay there, um, uh, we, might do, we might do things a little bit differently just purely because of social distancing and stuff, but uh, look, most of our guys are itching to meet face-to-face -face again, um, and, and, and so like, we, we, could end up, we could end up making the mistake of uh, not using this period of time with what we've been doing in COVID, some of the stuff that I talked about before, whether it's uh, social media or whether it's um, dealing with parents or 
uh, consumerism, that we don't continue on from that point because it, uh, it won't be just us who is making the change. It will, be, it will be the kids, it will be the parents, and we need to keep on uh, talking about that and driving forward. So just to drop the ball and is where I think we could make the mistake. I'm, I'm guessing, in terms of youth group, that if kids are at school now all week in real life with their peers, a Zoom meeting on Friday night is not going to be as attractive as when you've had lots of real-life interaction all week. Do you want to comment on that? Because that's a new change in the dynamic. Yeah, absolutely. And it's it's a huge challenge given that um, churches are not schools um, in the guidelines we're receiving in our state. And so there's less social distancing restrictions for school at school than there will be at other parts of society. Um, part, I, I think churches as clear as they can be in what they're trying to do for their young people um, will be key. So um, having a good plan, communicating it well um, and adapting when they need to but not adapting every week will be, will be important. So it might be that they do the rest of Term 2 with a plan, looking forward to Term 3. I think we've got enough trust at the moment that'll be OK. But, yes, we want to recognise that face-to-face ministry... Um, and relationships is what people are yearning for um, everywhere at the moment. Now, I've been talking to a number of my peers about how they're going to navigate the um, uh, immediate next few weeks. And one of my friends was telling me that his first step, actually, with the limit being increased to allowing 50 on the property, was to start the kids' ministry because he could see that the adults could watch um, at home, but he's going to get kids dropped off at the church building, have the kids' ministry happening under the, the limit of 50 in real life, um, but have the adults still watching and then do a pick-up at the end. Have you heard of anybody else with that? I mean, I, when he said that, I was quite surprised I hadn't thought of that, but I thought it was quite an interesting idea. What, what, what kind of ideas have you heard of people doing in this restart season? Yeah, I mean, we've heard similar things. Um, being able to take the opportunity to bring young people together, whether in parallel with adults or at different times, um, kids' clubs, kids on Sunday and youth... Um, will probably be more, even more flexible to be able to come back in a quick sense. David? Uh, look, uh, what I'm hearing is that uh, church is seen as a family and so they're trying to think that through coming back together. So I haven't heard that. Um, that's not to say that people might be thinking that way. I just haven't heard. Yeah, it was, that, it was a uh, new idea for more. me when this guy was telling me the other day. Um, special religious education in schools, Ed, um, is something close to your heart. Um, There's been no scripture, um, all of term two. Uh, What's the future? How are the negotiations about that going? Yeah, so the providers and the government are talking, you know, nearly weekly. Um, The way the trajectory is going with the the cases um, is looking towards schools moving towards stage three where um, SRA will begin to resume. Um, it will be on a case-by-case, school-by-school um, school basis in that, you know, as providers are able to provide it in the new arrangements in the school. Um, but the government is completely committed to getting ethics and SRE back um, quickly. And, um, yeah, we're, we're very positive. Churches, the big challenge for churches is just ensuring that they have teachers ready to go and especially caring for those vulnerable people who... Um, maybe just unwilling at the moment to go back or maybe unable to go back 
um, and just covering them for this season. Well, this is a pretty important issue because the volunteer base uh, for Scripture for many churches has been retirees mm. and they're one of the biggest high-risk groups. Yep. And so what are you saying to senior ministers at this point given that? Yeah, we've asked senior ministers to speak um, with their vulnerable teachers to see, you know, where, gauge where they're at in terms of wanting to go back and then to proactively um, train a bunch of people whose life situations have changed. They're working from home, they're keen for ministry and SRE ministry is a wonderful place to learn how to do word ministry um, that will be transferable to everywhere else. So a reserve bench of people who can only maybe do it for six months but definitely speaking to our vulnerable teachers, they, they're committed in prayer, they're committed in being there. They don't want to miss out on it, but it may be somewhat, some may step back for a bit. Right. And so you, I think bottom line you're saying every church should be developing a reserve yeah. bench of people who are in the less vulnerable category to be ready to step up at the beginning of Term 3. Yeah. Yeah, great. Ed, thanks for coming in. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Dave, thanks for coming in. Or not coming in, thanks for being with us. My guests on The Pastor's Heart, Ed Springer from Sydney's Anglican Youth Works and Dave Hopper. And uh, Dave's a consultant with the Presbyterian Church Youth Ministry in Queensland. You've been with us on The Pastor's Heart and we'll be back with you at our next scheduled time of 2 o'clock next Tuesday afternoon. Hey, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, we would love it if you could hop over to the Apple Podcasts app and give us a rating and review. That helps us in the rankings and lets other people discover the pastor's heart. And again, if you are able to help us out by being a financial partner, go to our Patreon link, patreon.com slash the pastor's heart.